is on the block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. <laughs> what? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Eric Strickland, and we are on the block. And uh, we'll be happy to bring you a nice couple hours of a show here as uh, plenty to talk about today. Nebraska had their pro day. Uh, uh, still kind of some a lot of different changes going on with the men's basketball program we can kind of get to. Um, the NFL is wild. It seems to be have wild storylines every day about which team I think is the latest contender. Uh, every team's adding a free agent that makes me go, oh, now they're a contender. And, of course, the Colts the latest to do that. Before we get to that stuff, uh, how are you doing today, Strick? Obviously, coming off of the NCAA tournament, uh, powerful weekend, learned a lot, uh, got a chance to see some wonderful stories that popped out of that. And now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some football news. Uh, obviously, the Huskers getting back into practice. Uh, I'm excited to hear kind of some of the news that's coming out of that. And uh, uh, it's been a good day. Today's a, today's a good day. The sun is riding high here, I guess. It's snowing. Or did it snow again out it's there? It's just raining. Late? It's a lot of wind, a oh, lot of rain. rain. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... That's positive. I'm hoping. I'm hoping uh, that we at uh, 93.7 The Ticket have something going on in the next few weeks. I probably will be in town doing some Cerebro sports oh, stuff nice. uh, at a couple of events there. I'll be talking probably more about that in the coming weeks. But uh, I'll get a chance to get back home, and, and and hopefully the weather will be in in, in perfect order. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to hear from you guys too. Let us know on the Honda of Lincoln hotline or Starter Heyman text line. Same number there, 402-464-5685. If the weather is, if you're in Lincoln at least, if, if the weather was uh, is like it was today, would you go to the spring game? I know a lot of people um, look forward to that. I mean, it, it's obviously a, a, a football star state. Whenever there's no football, people like to go in there. It's one of the biggest spring game events all across the nation. Um, um, and it's one of the most exciting spring games, I think, in several years just because of all the new faces we're going to see and a lot of the position battles that are open. But, man, was it cold outside today. I mean, like, all I did was walk from a parking garage to over there by the stadium uh, into the practice facility. And I, that, that's when the thought crossed my mind is I just don't know. It's freezing because of that wind. So it's a, it's a that tough brick, call. That brick, that brick house. That, I mean, they didn't make a song about it. You thought it was about a woman. He was talking about that cold. <laughs> that yeah. brick. Hopefully that does <laughs> not get in the way. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't get in the way. Huh? I said, hopefully that does not get in the way of everybody's plans. Man. I know they're going to have a few visitors in and all that. So you'd like to pretend that the weather's nice. Nebraska's so up and down, especially for when the recruits come in. Um, I've heard stories of, of hiding them from the, the, the terrible weather at times. Uh, when the weather's not good, you just take them to all, all the indoor stuff. That's really nice yeah. in Nebraska. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, you know, I, recruiting visits for me was like constant. It was always cause my, my close friend Terrence Badgett was, was down there. And so it was like every time I had an opportunity to get down there and hang with my guy, 
it was a recruiting visit for me. So, <laughs> so it, it, too much. I was already used to the weather. So it wasn't like a major issue for me. Did you have a lot of recruiting visits? I always thought as if I were an athlete that I would probably milk all the recruiting athletes. Even if I, if I committed to Nebraska, I'd still, you know, if you're a top player, you'd have to, you'd have to but I'd love to go, you know, see, you know, a game in Florida and, and have, a, have a, a, an all expense, you know, all, a lot of your expenses paid to go to Miami or Georgia or whatever, you know, whatever, just uh, places that would be on your bucket list to go see. I thought about it. Um, but at that, at that point in time, I was just really a different kind of kid. Yeah. You know, you think about those things and yeah, you think it'd be kind of cool. And, you know, I, I really didn't want anything to try to sway my mind or to divert my attention and to, take me off of focus as to what, what I envisioned and what I saw. And um, so that was a unique experience for me. I actually had a vision of what, you know, my career path was going to look like. Obviously, you you always hope that you're going to be drafted, but I always saw, you know, it, it's crazy. I actually saw that I was, I think I've had a couple of dreams where I knew I was playing in, you know, a professional sport. And it happened to, you know, to me in the dreams, it felt like basketball. I've had some in, in football. I knew it just like I knew that it was going to be something. I didn't know where yeah. exactly it was going to, you know, I was going to find my path, but I knew it was going to be something. And then the, the the path became more and more clear for me uh, later down the road. I mean, it was just a blessing. I just really actually saw it. I knew I was going to be an athlete. If the NBA didn't work out for you, would you still have had a chance with the Marlins organization to go back oh, yeah. to baseball? Okay. Yeah, so you knew yeah, that throughout so, your college days that you could have a fallback plan there at least. Yeah, so, so that was what – that was – like I said, I think I, I maybe mentioned it on the block uh, briefly where I, I, I said that um, I, I'm not the smartest guy. I, I don't think I'm just super wise and I had this crystal ball and I actually knew yeah. which direction I was going to take. It just happened that I um, talked to my coach and my coach said, hey, I think you'll be a hell of an, MB, uh, an MLB player, but I also think you're a good enough athlete you could probably play in the NBA – uh, if you choose to go to the NBA, you know, just know that if it doesn't work out, we'll welcome you back. So, okay. yeah, and don't let him. So it worked out. Don't let strict fool you either. Some you, he'll say that sometimes, but you also you had some academic honors there too. So you, you were a pretty. <laughs> yeah, smart I, guy I was well. a smart guy. I, <laughs> yeah, give yourself I, I wasn't some credit. A, I wasn't a dumb guy. Yeah, I, you know, and and I tell people all the time, Bach. I say, listen, I'm. You know, the thing about me is, everybody asks me, they're like, "Strict, do you miss it? Do you miss it?" I'm like, "No, I, I really don't." Um, you know, I, I happen to delve into some business stuff. I happen to be a COO for a portion of time. Um, I've been director of player um, relations and, and business relations and for the Mavericks. I actually like that stuff. You yeah. know, I love business acumen type stuff, man. And I, I love getting involved with that public relations, all those types of things. And so that's for me, when the lights turned off, I was OK with it. Yeah, that, that's definitely good. A lot of a lot of guys I know do have a little bit of problem uh, transitioning to you know their post playing yeah. days. But uh, if you if you've got another passion, that that's a good way to get started during your playing days, so you can kind of just kind of transition into it. Uh, let's get to some Husker football news today. It was uh, it was kind of interesting. Um, maybe not the, the the biggest news coming out of today's practice, but they did get back to it. Of course, they were at uh, had their spring break, so I think a big goal we talked to Steve Simple the other day was to kind of kind of hit the ground running today. Um, not necessarily kind of 
ease back into it and, and take a few days to, to get your post spring big, I guess, get your spring break weight off. Maybe that's a problem for some of those guys. Uh, maybe had too much fun on spring break, but uh, hopefully they, they got back into it. It's kind of interesting, especially hearing from Bill Bush today, because uh, I mentioned the weather. They actually used that to their advantage. They, they, they said, you know, this is going to be the type of weather that you might see, or at least, at least we should prepare for, um, right. for in, you know, when, in the fall, when Nebraska gets going and maybe into the November month or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, it, they could have a day like this that's going to be tough. So he, he made the, his punters and his kickers go out there and, and work in the rain and the cold today, which I, I think is, uh, is you know, maybe, you know, it, I, I it, it's a choice that he that he made. He could have been nice to him and let him, you know, play inside. But uh, ultimately, I like that idea. I like the I like the testing him in the elements because it's it's that's that's part of it. You can't replicate. Uh, you know, 90,000 people um, screaming at you. And in the same way, you can't replicate the weather conditions uh, unless they're out there, you know, <laughs> spray yeah. a guy with water. But, you know, what do you really, you know, with water bottles or something, but you can't replicate rain. So uh, when you get the yeah. opportunity, go ahead and take it. Yeah, there's no question. I think in all sports, it's it, it, it behooves you to be able to do things like that, whether it be in golf. If you're in golf, you're going to find times where, the rain is going to be pouring. The wind is going to be blowing heavily. You're going to have to wear jackets as opposed to wearing your polos. So you've got to be able to make sure you can hit with a with a rain jacket. Um, you know, different types of gloves you may have to use. There's all types of different things you would use as far as golf. Same thing with soccer. Same thing. The ball moves different. The the, the ground you have to use different types of cleats. Um, you have all these different things. Punting, uh, trying to angle punts in the wind, depending on which direction the wind is blowing, uh, how the rain is flowing, is the ball going to be slippery? You have to be able, like you said, you have to be able to test those types of things in the elements, and that's good that Bill Bush is doing stuff like that. Yeah, and, and of course the special teams is a big focus whenever Bill Bush is going to go up there because he's, he's you know, that's his job. He's the special teams coordinator. He's in charge of that, and a lot of Nebraska fans were calling for it. Obviously special teams has been a huge problem um, for Nebraska, even past, you know, Frost tenure here, but especially last year with Frost. Um, so, the, you know, the narrowed focus in on that, uh, and as well as, you know, bringing in those guys, the Tommy Bleak Rhodes and the, and the Brian Buschini's, the guys that last year you're talking about, well, it's more of a specialist problem than a special teams problem. Well, then maybe you need some more specialists or some different specialists. So they've got that going for them. The kick returning well, area, too. is Oh, go ahead. You know, I, I really I really that's that's one of the things I found that was interesting about, you know, um, what Bush is, was talking about. The thing that came out of there as well as in the in the wide receiver room coming from Mickey Joseph is uh, Brody Belt. Yeah, is like really emerging the walk on fifth year walk on um, out of Millard West, you know, just kind of finding himself. They say he's a tremendous athlete. He's 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 phenomenal in special teams. He's phenomenal in the kick return. Had like seventy three on five returns. Um, he, he's got good good skills. He he knows how to play the Z and the R. He can even play running back. So he has a, a diversity in his game that that could you know find himself kind of popping in there and getting some uh, some time on the field. So. I found that that was an interesting thing coming both from the special teams uh, room as well as from the receiving room that, that he's, you know, I mean, Mickey Joseph said something that was, you know, a quote that came from him that was phenomenal for Brody is that, um, you know, he said he's the best football player on the team overall. Yeah. That's a huge statement come from Mickey. And that's not a one that to take lightly because Mickey Joseph just don't shoot that out there like that. You know, he's just not going to throw it out there on a guy. 
if it's not true uh, to what he sees. And so a lot of people were excited about him, especially, you know, coming off of, as a walk-on and, and, and being able to do the things that he's doing right now. Yeah, and I thought, too, you know, toward the latter half of the year, he was getting some playing time, and you'd see it on Twitter, you know, just because he's not a, a scholarship player, or, you know, maybe it's his, you know, diminutive his status or whatever it is. Um, people are going, oh, great, Brody Belt, that's the best they got out there. He can play. We saw it last year. I mean, I think there was a game yeah. might have been uh, Michigan State I have to go back to remember which game it was, but I mean, I, I think it just about he was the only guy that could have slid through two defenders uh, to get the ball. The ball was thrown very well by Adrian too, as well at that time. But um, you know, I was really impressed with Brody and the way he was coming on last year. And uh, and again, I, I don't think that 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 they're you know Mickey Joseph thinks that he is the most talented player on right. the team. Um, the best football player. I, I, I you know, I kind of take that more to mean something like he's, and, and they say this, said as much too, like a four down football player. Rex Burkhead gets a lot of credit for that. In yeah. the NFL is that you, you know, he's, you don't have, he's not just a third down back. He can play that role. Yeah. He can take carries up the middle. You know, he can, he can catch out of the backfield, but you know, maybe most importantly for the four down role is that on special teams, you know, he's, he's, he's a demon on it and you know he can go out there and make yeah. some work and nebraska yeah. you know i know he was there last year so I, i'm hoping bill bush can get away whether it's returns or coverage or something they need a special teams demon i always go back to um you know brandon Ragoni or, or ricky thanarse or eric martin in their earlier days before they were black shirts um it was that they were just specialists um that really stood out on the special teams unit you you as a returner you almost knew because those guys could hit Look out for that guy. Look out for number 46 mm -hmm. coming down the field. Nebraska needs that sort of presence because everybody just kind of blends together in the mediocre special teams that they had last year. Um, but as far as the kick return unit, too, um, they were saying that uh, Trey Palmer – Tommy Hill mm -hmm. and Brody Belt have uh, kind of stood out for that, which, yeah. you know, Brody Belt, we, we did see last year. Um, and again, he seems to be getting better. Um, but it, it's nice to see kind of new names involved there, too, and Trey Palmer and, and Tommy Hill. Um, Sipple's pretty high on Tommy Hill. I heard that the other day, getting a lot of good um, good reviews there coming out of camp, out of the secondary. But especially there in, in kick returning, you would think he also would bring quite a bit of athleticism uh, to the table. And Trey Palmer's expected to be that big play guy. Yeah. And he had a little bit of success doing that. LSU yeah, too LSU. so um yeah but it's yeah. not I mean I think also go ahead go ahead I was just gonna say too last year it, it the problem why sometimes I had the problem with the, the specialist argument is that the, it just never really seemed blocked all too well either now a lot of times the returners weren't making the first guy miss which is critical you're gonna have to make right. the guy miss on a return you can't you know it's not just gonna be blocked perfectly for you um you know just the numbers set up that way so if you make a guy miss then you can spark a big return but it just and, and maybe that was more of the problem and maybe they're right maybe the, at least in that area specialist uh, was a bit of the problem in that situation but it just was very rarely did they ever make a guy miss so um hopefully out of this group they can find the guy that can do it well well real quick i'll touch on that quick point before i i, I move on to a, something that had popped into my mind as well um one of the things i found out that it seemed to me just looking at the way it was set up is that they had so much trouble in their special teams that they just got to the point that they just wanted the receivers to just catch the yeah. ball <laughs> let's just possess the ball let's not have any issues not any problems we're not worried about lanes we're not worried about anything of that nature you know, blocking schemes, just catch the ball and let's let's get the get the possession. And so you found that that was happening. And so that even minimized it even more. That made it a problem. I think also, too, something that I found very interesting, um, you know, listening to Eric Shenander is is that uh, Chris Kalarvik, he's, um, you know, a guy that was able has made the shift out of the middle linebacker position in the spring and and jumped into the nickel discussion. 
Uh, you know, the, the, he was a, obviously a graduate transfer out of Northern Iowa. And now, you know, Jojo Doman leaves. They're kind of looking at, you know, you got Isaac Gifford there. You got Javen Wright there. You've got guys that are looking to kind of fill that void. And they say that Chris Kolarvik is, is one of those guys that are kind of stepping up right now. And he's making some, making some noise and, and kind of learning the position, jumping in hard and sitting down with the, um, uh, with the linebacker coaches and, 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 and the uh, grad assistants and really digging into the playbook. Uh, he feels pretty confident about it, and, and he's having discussions and basically saying that he's picking it up pretty quickly. He's enjoying it, and he's liking it. So I thought that was something that was pretty interesting, jumping out and trying to find somebody to fill that void. I mean, it's big shoes to fill, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, Chris Kolarvik is somebody to probably watch in the spring and see what type of noise he's making as well. Yeah, and I think I think that is fascinating. We'll get to that here in a second too, because I'm going to ask uh, what I've been asking all day is uh, which which Nebraska player, outgoing Nebraska players, Nebraska going to miss the most. Uh, and I think JoJo Doman's a prime candidate for that, unless you have a guy step up and, and maybe can take his spot. Um, it might take a few guys, but maybe Chris Kolarvik uh, could be that type of guy. I did want to remind people though too, just because it's almost comedic um, to go back and look at the numbers from last year. Uh, remember, Nebraska had <laughs> had a total of ten punt returns because, like you're saying. They mostly just fair yeah. caught because they just gave up on it altogether. Ten yeah. punt returns for 27 yards. That's 2.7 yards per for a return, meaning uh, that basically all you had to do was catch and lean forward, and you would uh, basically beat the average <laughs> or get close yeah. to the average. Yeah. Uh, that's how bad Crazy. it was last year. That's the, how bad it was. Kick returns weren't much better. They averaged uh, 15 yards per, per return. Um, obviously, when you're – Catching the ball, you know, at the five yard line or whatever, it's, it's getting you're not getting too many yards out of it. Uh, the opponents, by the way, average about 24 yards per return on Nebraska last year, so yeah, that's more. Than it got to that point, it, Bach. It really did. It got to that point where um, teams literally understood what Nebraska was trying to do, and they were purposely trying to kick it short to make them return the ball to set up potential field position for them. So yeah, uh, that was something that was was kind of working to the favor of the op- opposing teams as well. And it's it's it, it really and it's gotten to that point a few times now to where Nebraska does the, the the fair catch thing and just doesn't give much of an effort try to get any sort of advantage in special teams. That's why everybody was calling for a special teams coordinator a, a need for that change and uh, highlighted importance. Um, I just can't imagine it getting back to that. I mean, it, it's it's been I think at least two of the last three years, if not the last two years. If I'm not not trying to think back on the COVID year, they did it too. Where by the end. Um, just fair catching it, just, you know, just doing it the safe option and hoping that you can win with offense and defense. I mean, it's, it, it's cert- I mean, it certainly can be done, but to not have the confidence to even try by seasons yeah. in, by year's end, uh, is really frustrating that, it, that they couldn't even get that together. You know, I, <laughs> I'd almost just, you, you'd think you just bring them together and really, really work on it for a few days in practice. But of course you got a lot of other things to work on too, that they just, you know, kind of threw up the right flag and said, this is who we are. And hopefully they yeah. can change that this off season. That'll be a big uh, difference. And it could have shifted a few wins last year, obviously in special teams, coach Frost uh, points out to two of them whenever he is, he's asked about it specifically where it would have changed it. So, um, you know, that could be the difference for, for Nebraska, at least I guess in this past year, not necessarily the difference between going bowling and not, um, because they still would have had five wins, but, uh, 
Yeah, getting closer. You know, there, there was a lot of a lot of close games there. They could have swung more than two games, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. we we will uh, we'll take a break here. We've uh, we'll, we've got plenty more coming up. I did want to ask you, and we'll get Strick's answer to this. Kind of my question of the day: Which us ex Husker uh, at Pro Day will Nebraska miss the most? There's plenty of options to choose from, and you don't even just have to think of the NFL guys. You know, um, or I should say, projected draft picks, because you kind of I, I mentioned earlier maybe the safeties. Those are two grown men at safety pack there that you're. Replacing. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of options to go through there. So uh, let us know what you think. Once again, Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Starter Hammond Text Line, 402-464-5685. Which Husker from Pro Day will Nebraska miss the most going into next season? Uh, let us know that. We will uh, we'll answer it ourselves coming up next year on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.